Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Hello and thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. My name is Jay Shures, a pastor and certified kingdom advisor. We appreciate the fact you're using wisdom from this program to facilitate better financial stewardship in your life. If you have questions about today's program, feel free to give me a call at 888-226-7614. You can sign up for a free consultation at kingdomplanadvisory.com. You can also find our email address there if you'd wish to shoot us a message. would be happy to talk to you about anything that we discussed today or in past podcasts. I want to talk to you today about something that it seems very simple, but it, it is actually very difficult for people to do. I want to talk to you about obedience in regards to financial stewardship. Okay, obedience. You know, how do we define obedience? What is the, the biblical explanation of obedience? How do we be obedient in our stewardship? I think the first thing we have to understand, and this is very simple, is that God owns everything, okay? There, there, there is no discrepancy there. God owns it all. He never re- relinquished anything to us. The earth, the birds, the sea, nothing. That includes the money that we are stewards of. Now, I know that people have a hard time with that. They often say, and that includes me throughout my life, because it's just kind of human nature to say, my money, You know, I've got this in my IRA. I've got this in my 401k. I've got this in my checking account. Um, The income that I earn. We, when we do that, we've got to be careful that we don't assume ownership of those things that we steward. The definition of a steward is simply someone who manages the assets of someone else. Okay. That someone else is God. All right. We don't own it. And when we understand that we are managing the assets of God, it should, it should, okay, make a difference in how we make financial decisions. Now, the term obedient or obedience in regards to financial stewardship really relates to honoring God. Okay, so I, I explain to people when they say, well, what do you mean? What, what, what is it? that we can do to be obedient. It's very simple. You know, several years ago, there was a a pretty big trend and and the kids all at school had these rubber uh, bracelets. And it it just basically had the the acronym of what would Jesus do, WWJD. When we're making financial decisions, I think we should ask that question. What would Jesus do? Would God approve of our financial decisions? Very simple. If your financial decisions, okay, were preempted by that question, would God approve of what I'm doing financially? Would God approve of what I'm doing in regards to buying a vehicle, buying a house, spending money, buying material things, my my gifting or lack of gifting, my charitable causes or my lack of charitable causes? We need to ask ourselves, if I have been tasked, 
Okay, if I've been tasked with the steward of the assets that God has placed in my life, and that is income, okay, that is money, that is is you know everything that we kind of that our world kind of revolves around, right? Our world revolves around money. That's why God gave us over 2,300 different verses in Scripture to tell us how to manage money. He knew we were going to fumble with this issue. So we're talking about honoring God. What does Scripture say about honoring God? Well, in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 20 says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, Therefore the God, the God of Israel, declares, I promised you that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, For it be for, or far be it for me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be uh, lightly esteemed. Here's the big one in regards to stewardship. Proverbs 3.9 Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Honor the God, honor the God with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Okay? Listen, the, there are no misunderstandings about that we should honor God in all things that we do. Now, I'm going to give you some what ifs or some scenarios, and you just answer to yourself. Am I honoring God if I did these things? This is modern day. This is 2021. Many times I, I go to the gas station. I may get a cup of coffee. I may step in to use the restroom or whatever. And without fail, there is someone in line, buy, uh, someone in line buying Powerball tickets, lottery tickets, scratch-off tickets. If you're standing in line and you're spending $20 on scratch-off tickets... Or if you're spending 15 or $20 on the Powerball or Mega Millions or whatever it is in your particular state. What if you asked your question, would God approve of me doing this? Now, if you try to justify it and say God would approve of you gambling, you are, you are misrepresenting God's intent. Nowhere does it say that we should gamble. In fact, it says we should gain little by little. It does not say... That we should try to get rich quick. My concern with people that are playing the lottery and, and playing the mega millions and paying and playing uh, 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 or using or buying scratch off tickets is they are negotiating with God. Now let, let me explain why I say that because I know, I know, some people, including Christians, who are, are gambling. Now I'm just I'm just talking about the lottery. Listen, the lottery. Praise on the poor. You don't see rich people buying lottery tickets. You just don't see it. It is a way for the poor people. When I say poor, I'm talking about not wealthy. Um, that that are not independently wealthy. Uh, that have not been good savers. Okay. That they're trying to figure out how to, 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 to make it uh, or hit a big lick. Right? Hit a big lick. And my concern is they're negotiating with God to win that particular lottery. Saying to God, God, if you just let me win this, I'll build a new church. Okay. You know, I'll give, I'll give uh, half of it away uh, to the poor, to the needy. 
Listen, God doesn't need your lottery winnings to do those things. God is testing you with money. Okay? Now, I know that many people spend more money on scratch-off tickets weekly than they throw in the offering plate at church. I personally know Christians that spend more money on scratch-off tickets and pick four and pick five and whatever else than they contribute or tithe or give as love offerings to the church. I know them personally. And I ask them, well, what are you doing? You know, without being too uh, uh, accusatory, what are you doing? You know, or the bigger question is, what if you win? What if you win? Well, them knowing that I've, I'm a pastor, well, you know, I, I donate a big part of it to the church. You would? Well, you understand that your percentage of winning is, is relatively zero. You know, I don't know anyone personally that has won the lottery. I've known people that maybe have hit 50,000 or, or whatever it may be, but I don't know anyone that's hit the lottery. Every once in a while, someone will say, hey, I, you know, I, I scratched off 100 bucks or 500 bucks on a scratch-off ticket. What they didn't tell you is they spent $20 a week for the last 10 years to, to win 500 bucks. But what if you actually took the money that you were spending daily or weekly trying to hit, it, hit, hit the big lick? What if you actually just gave that to charity now? Gave it to, gave it to the kingdom now? Do you not think that God would approve of that expenditure of what he has blessed you with? Rather than saying, well, uh, I hope I hope my believer uh, actually hits it big so that they can give half of it to me. Or they can build me a new church. God doesn't need a new church. He doesn't need a new church. If he wanted a new church, he would bless someone or he would, he would have divine intervention and he would cause someone to create a new church. That, it, you don't need someone to hit the lottery to do that. But my concern is people are negotiating or bargaining with God to do these things, to do these things. So <clears throat> same thing, if you've ever walked into a casino and you see people feeding, all right, feeding, and I use the term feeding and I, is because most time it doesn't come back out, okay? Feeding these, these uh, um, you know, 25 cent, 50 cent dollar machines, these, these slot machines, and they may sit there for hours dumping in money into these machines in a 30-minute time period. And some of these larger casinos, okay, riverboats, in 30 minutes, the amount of money that people feed into those machines could probably feed probably feed a, a large demographic of people who are struggling to feed their families within your own community. I'm just talking about 30 minutes in any casino that, that that's within 100 miles of you. You know, have you ever seen a casino that, that kind of looks like an old barn or shed or an old chicken shack? No. You know why? It's because the amount of money that's coming in there is much more than the money that's going out. Okay? I am not a fan of the lottery system. I'm not a fan of scratch-off tickets. I'm not a fan of any of these things because it preys on the poor. Have you ever seen, I'm talking about slot machines, really slot machines. Have you ever seen someone that's worth several million dollars sitting down and playing slot machines for three or four hours? No, you haven't. 
what you see is retirees. Maybe you see someone that that um, you know works at the local factory or whatever, and nothing against those folks. But taking that money and going down and throwing it into a slot machine, trying to hit a big lick, is not biblical. It's not. But ask this question: As you're sitting there putting in twenty dollar bills into a slot machine, am I honoring God by doing this? Now, some people get really turned off by this message, but it is not arguable. You can't say, yeah, God would approve of this. No, I don't think God would. Okay? Now, I have given people a free pass before on slot machines. Uh, Penny machines, nickel machines, that kind of thing, where maybe it's a special occasion. Maybe a birthday, anniversary, whatever. Okay? And God wants us, God loves us. God wants us to enjoy our life. But it's the mindset that makes a difference. If you sat down at a penny machine in a, in a casino and you put in $20 bills or a $20 bill and you said, you know, if I lose this, I'm going to walk away and, you know, let's go have dinner or whatever. That is much, much different than the person sitting there trying to get rich. Okay. Here's my, here's my proof. When the economy is doing poorly, more money is spent in casinos. Do you think it's by chance? No. It's the last ditch hope for a lot of people that are struggling economically. Numbers don't lie. But it really comes down to that question. As stewards, as someone who is managing the assets of someone else, in this case it's God, does God approve, would God approve of us doing that? You know, I find it strange that people have a very hard time finding uh, um, the the energy or the capability to serve a charity or a church but have no problem buying $20 worth of scratch-off tickets. I have serious question about people that, that are getting these stimulus checks and going out and blowing it on material things. Maybe going down to the casino dumping in four or five hundred bucks, walking away with probably nothing. I, I I call into question, did you ask yourself the question, would God approve of me doing this? People the answer is no. Okay, I'm not gonna speak for God, but God gave us free will. We can either be obedient and serve God or we can rebel against God. I'm telling you right now that the problem that we struggle with is honoring God in our stewardship. We struggle with it. Now, that's just one issue. Here's another issue. People going into debt. To buy things that they did not allow God time enough to provide. Okay? Borrowing money on cars. People, I'm, I'm going to say it. In your, if you listen to these podcasts, you're going to hear me say it a hundred times over the next five years. Borrowing money on a depreciating asset is not a good idea. It's a money lost expenditure. Okay? The only time that I really understand, and I'm not it's not my stamp of approval, but I think God probably understands, is a, a mortgage. Okay? A mortgage. And I and and 
as long as you're responsible and you pay your mortgage on time and you try to pay it off early, you know, like I said, I'm not speaking for God, but I, I, I think that that's probably different uh, because normally a house isn't a depreciating asset, right? It's not a bad business decision. It's not a bad stewardship position to borrow money on real estate. <laughs> if you could pay cash, I would pay cash. Borrowing money to buy boats, borrowing money to buy cars, borrowing money to buy motorcycles. You're basically saying, you know, God, I can't wait for you to provide the assets for me to pay cash. So I'm going to go out and borrow the money. Debt robs from God. It robs from God because you are paying an interest rate on that depreciating asset. Am I saying that you shouldn't buy a boat? Listen, you know, I think vacations and boats and, and uh, those type of things that you, you create memories uh, for your, your family and, and maybe friends. Um, yeah, I just, I don't see a problem with it. Uh, you know, uh, I've had boats in the past. Uh, I've borrowed money before, before I realized it was a really bad decision. Um, but, you know, my family and I really had a wonderful, you know, day, uh, or days, you know, spend the time on the lake or on the river or whatever it may be. Okay. I think God approves of that. I do not think God approves of us borrowing money to do that. Okay. There are many other issues, you know, many times people have materialistic problems and they're trying to solve, you know, other issues in their life by being materialistic, buying things they really don't need. Many times they go into debt to do it. I think it's a bad idea. Cell phones are a pretty good example. How many people, unless I'm not being judgmental or, or accusatory in this, but how many people, whenever you, you sign up for your, your cell phone plan and you get a phone, are making monthly payments on your phone? People, it's not a good idea. Just buy a phone. You say, well, I can't afford an iPhone 12. Well, then you don't need an iPhone 12. But you say, well, I can afford $45 a month added to my cell phone bill. People, there's interest on that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Listen, I understand the things that I say people don't like. I, I get it. There was a time in my life that I would not want to hear the message that is coming out of my mouth. What do you mean I can't, you know, I can afford $45 a month for an iPhone 12 or a Samsung S20 or whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, for someone, myself, that spends a lot of time on my phone, I, I, I always have a pretty good phone. And I can do things on my phone, take care of client requests, do trades, that kind of thing. I, I need access to Wi-Fi, the Internet, uh, to do those things. Now, I started my career. I didn't have that. I had a pager. You remember pagers? Um, so I know that it could be done. But it, it is a tool um, and the, the representatives of where I buy my phones just automatically include the monthly cost under the cell phone plan. If I trade a phone in and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm paying cash for that phone. And they look at me like I'm a unicorn. They're like, you're going to pay cash for the phone. Yeah. I've had many of them say, well, that that's strange. <laughs> no, it's not strange. It's not strange. Let me give you another, for instance, you know, we just went through Christmas. A lot of people were in the malls. A lot of people were at uh, department stores. And when you made a purchase, what did the cashier ask you? I'll give you a second. What did the cashier ask you when you checked out? Would you like 
to save 20% today and apply for the department store card. Now, I always look at that as an opportunity for other people in line to hear me say, no, I don't use debt to buy these things. I say it kind of loud, and I'm kind of loud anyways. I, as a preacher, I'm, I'm, I never need a microphone. <laughs> but they're like, but you can save 20%. So I don't need to save the 20%. I'll pay cash for my, my purchase today. And many of them are very insistent. Sometimes I think, well, maybe they get a kickback if they you know sign people up. I don't know. But I've stood in line as people apply for credit cards, department store credit cards. And if they say yes, then the clerk says, or the cashier says, well, you could go ahead and put this, once you're approved, you could go ahead and put this on your card today. People, I don't like that. And I think if we ask ourselves the question, because, you know, there's interest rates on there, and people say, well, I'm going to pay it off. I could tell you, because I've been a financial planner for a quarter of a century, that people don't always pay off their credit cards monthly. They pay minimum payments. And those store credit cards are like 21% interest. So listen, I, not being judgmental, I'm trying to give you some advice. Because being content really isn't possible unless you're debt-free. Being a good giver is really hard when you're not debt-free. Being obedient includes not going into debt. Being obedient includes not gambling being obedient includes not being materialistic being obedient means not going out to eat three meals a day um, when you're living paycheck to paycheck being obedient means that i'm not paying 300 dollars a month for a cell phone bill that includes uh, um, a monthly expenditure for purchasing the latest greatest phone people this isn't rocket science Okay, avoid debt, avoid gambling, be obedient. Ask yourself, would God approve of what I'm doing? And human nature is human nature. <laughs> and, and this is the free will part of it. You know, it is, well, I could justify this because I will use it for serving God. And I'm telling you right now, God doesn't want you to go in debt to serve him. He doesn't. Scripture is just too clear on avoiding debt. All right? The borrower is slave to the lender. It really bothers me when I see these multi-million dollar sanctuaries. And I counsel a lot of churches, a lot of board members on churches, a lot of elders, a lot of, of, of deacons that come and say, what do you think about, uh, you know, the, the church borrowing a quarter of a million dollars to put in uh, a coffee shop? I'm like, borrowing? Money, that, that's being very presumptuous on God providing uh, to the people that are actually tithing and offering. If you don't have the cash, don't do it. If you don't have the cash to build a new sanctuary, don't do it. If you don't have church, or if you don't have cash to expand a church, don't borrow money to do it. The amount of debt in modern day Christianity is alarming to me. And, and believe it or not, it has one of the biggest default rates in modern day society. That's why church bonds pay so much because churches are not good risks when it comes to debt. A lot of times, a lot of times, uh, banks are not interested. So they float these church bonds, a third party type of thing, 
fooling these church bonds that are paying a high interest rate. They're paying a higher interest rate because they're charging a, the churches a higher interest rate. It's just fact. So listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up. In your in your decision making processes regarding your stewardship, your your stewardship, not my stewardship, not anybody else's, your stewardship. Just ask yourself the question on on major financial decisions, specifically borrowing money. Would God approve? Probably not. Okay, probably not. You know, and, and ask for counsel of other Christians when you're trying to make a big financial decision and maybe you don't have the money to do it. I would probably tell you, God will provide if it's meant to be. I've seen it time and time and time again. God will provide if it's meant to be. But God is not, is not a cosigner. Matter of fact, scripture says don't cosign. Okay, so don't be presumptuous, which debt is presumptuous. You understand what I mean by that? Debt is presumptuous. It's saying my income is going to be the same for the next five or six or 15 or 20 years. As I'm paying off this debt, I'm being very presumptuous that I will have the same income to pay it off. That means you're not going to get sick. That means you're not going to go on disability. That means you're not going to die. That means that you're not going to lose your job. Very presumptuous. We should not presume upon God. Okay? We should be obedient. We should be thankful. So, I know the message isn't the most popular. I get it. I've been doing this for a long time. But at the same time, trying to, to, to give you good information to allow you to be obedient, okay, to allow you to be content as a Christian, that's my purpose. All right. If you want to discuss it, I would be happy to talk to you. Uh, once again, kingdomplanadvisory.com. You can get on there. Shoot me a message. Don't be hateful. <laughs> Don't argue with me. Uh, but we can have a very, uh, a very good conversation. And 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 you could just say, Jay, why do you say that? And I'll give you the scripture. Listen, it's no good to teach without being backed by scripture. Okay. Have I learned things over the last ten or fifteen years regarding financial stewardship that I didn't understand before? Absolutely. You have to be open-minded when it comes to absorbing what God has taught us. It's a li- Scripture is a living document. The Bible is a living document. We have to allow it to come into our lives and live it. Okay. So listen, I, if you need specific prayers, be happy to, to, to include you in my prayers. Um, but let me know who you are and what you need and, and the questions that you have. So God bless. Hope you have a great day. And if there's anything I could do to help you from a financial stewardship standpoint, please let me know. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.